Welcome to the QPR podcast. This week is a very special episode indeed. I'm David Fraser and I'm joined by the three other founders of the QPR podcast. We have Paul Finney, All right. Chris Charles Hello. and Chris Mendes. Good evening. Uh, but as I said in the introduction, this is very special. As five years in, we are celebrating our 200th episode. Good to see which, which is a QPR analogy, by the way, makes us Ian Dawes. Um, because he made apparently 208 appearances for us, so that's that's who we are. Um, but this special episode means this is a pod with a difference. Um, first of all, we have a very special audience with us uh, because we're joined by um, a number of representatives from fan sites. We've got a kick up the R's, not 606 QPR, QPR Report, .org, Loft for Words, and probably one site that I've probably forgotten to mention. But we thank them for coming. And we're in a special setting. We're at Loftus Road which we've never done before. But more important than that, we have a very special guest with us because agreeing to join us for our anniversary is none other than the manager of Queen's Park Rangers, Ian Holloway. Hello, chaps. Thank Why you. are you clapping, Liam? Come on. <laughs> Let's just get down to the nitty-gritty of questions. Fine. In a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, fine. I'm going to get a few weeks, am I? Let's wait and see what happens Thursday. First no, question yeah, is, how does it feel to be back? Oh, very surreal, I must admit. You come in here and it makes me feel very proud of where the club is now. I remember every day of the troubles and the tribulations that I had and I went through and the club had and went through and all of us must have horrible dark days about how great the place is and how bad it was going. And I think the worst for me was... Um, we're going to merge with, I think it was MK Dons or Wimbledon. I, what? How can we merge? That's just wrong. I went mad. The cave was mentioned. And, you know, all those days I've thought about everything. I remember every single minute of it. And just to walk up the training ground, just to come here again, is, is just so special. I'm so proud of where we are. And I've got an opportunity to try and help us play in a way that creates an identity that, we all want, I know you want it, and I want it. So I can't tell you. You say we, and now you're, a very, you're known as a very passionate man, obviously, and very committed to all the clubs that you've been with, but it strikes me that QPR really does mean a lot to you. I know all your clubs do, but QPR really does. Um, you've, you're highly honoured to be asked to be a manager of, of any football club, but to have played somewhere and played in such a fantastic team was a special honour, particularly at my age and really down to an le- absolute legend of mine, which is Jerry Francis, for him to have brought me here at 29 and, and all the players, the array of talent we had everywhere. It was just unbelievable. So, And to finish fifth in the table at the time, top London club is... You know, it's probably hard to, for a lot of young lads to think of at the minute, the way the game's gone. But, you know, um, 10 years of your life is is a, an awful commitment. And um, it's something I'm very, very proud of that no one will ever take away from me, you know. And, and what is life about? I'm not sure. 
I just want to be remembered for trying to help and what a privilege it is to try and help this football club. And, you know, my daughters actually have never been the same since I left. I was placed on garden leave. They thought that dad was Q- QPR. I owned it. Do you know what I mean? They, thought, <laughs> they actually thought that it was mine. So they've never quite been the same with any other football club and they hardly have ever watched. Are they QPR fans? Absolutely. They stopped following football after I left here. So they're back following QPR now? Yeah. Excellent. Um, I was going to say, how hard is it to take over a team that essentially someone else has built and try and hit the ground running? Yeah, that's a... That's the difficult thing, you know. It's it's all you you have a plan of what you want to do, um, and how you're going to try and do it. And and luckily, I I've got a fair few games under my belt now, and and 19 years of of doing this. And really, what you have to do is is assess who you got first, look at their talents. Um, I've never been the sort of person to say I didn't sign these; they're not mine. I want these. I've never been in a situation, and we're certainly not in that situation, and, and it's not right for this football club to be like that. So, you know, I've been asked to come in, assess who I've got, try and help them, try and play a way that the fans would like, and try and win matches, and try and build a way and an identity of of what this club means. So, you know, at the end of the day, I've I've come to a fantastic conclusion in my own head, and with my staff of where I want to go. I told the lads that this morning. I haven't seen them, all of them. Some were on international duty, some were injured, some I hadn't seen play, you know. So what I did last week, well, I took the more foreign-speaking ones out of the team to get a bit of togetherness, if I can, place some of them on the bench. And um, and I've had a, a chance to see that now. And... I told him this morning, this is where I think we, we could do this. This is what we're going to do. Um, in the meantime, I was trying to get them alive and thinking and moving and passing and, and you know, like I've, I've done before. But that was with a different team, you know. That was it at, at Blackpool. So I haven't got the same qualities that I had there, running power in certain areas. I've got some wonderful footballers and really have. So I, I've got to try and find a way to get them in the team to actually enhance what they can do and and I want to try and make them shine you know and I don't care where they've come from I don't care what they cost there's no that's not how you judge someone it's how where they want to be and where they want to get at the end of the day and I think that's this football club you know even our best ever player in my opinion who I was lucky enough to play with who was Les actually came from Hazen Yedin so I mean what are we all about that's what it's all about so please don't judge someone and if they don't um, hit the ground running yet, let's have a little look. Let's see if I can get them going and find a way to make them feel part of what this is all about. You know, there's no other atmosphere I don't feel like this because it's so on you. It's so close. It's so, and when it's full and when it's rocking, wow, you know, and it's intimidating then for the opposition. So that's what we want to try and make it. But on the flip side of that, if we don't give you what you want, sometimes it can be really tough ringing in my ears come on Holloway you nugget give it to Wilkins what's wrong with you <laughs> that was probably that. that's probably the first three years and it might have been the rest of the time do you know what I mean but you have to understand that 
we need certain people who can play the piano, but we also need other people who put it on stage. Otherwise, you can't play. So you need different types. And, and you know, I'm, I'm delighted with who we've got, and I can't wait to try and get repetitive things happening that they do naturally, and, and then, ooh, then all of a sudden you'll see what we might have here. You, know? you mentioned um, working with the group you've got and you're happy with people you do have. We all loved the end of the Mannequin Challenge video, you writing on the, on yeah. the whiteboard. I know you would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you had to choose one position that you, you're most eager to strengthen in January, what, what would it be? No, we, we, we really need to get our goals column up and flying. Um, and I believe we can do that with the talent we got here. I, I do believe um, I will get them wanting to move and, and get in a box and get bodies in the box and get your structure behind it because it's your structure that works to get you. And, and my teams after I've, well, even with here, i got lots of people scoring, different people scoring, you know, even in open play, centre-halves were scoring. You know, so my lads know that and they want to try and um, do that. So it's all about goals. It really is in this championship. The teams that do it, they get there because they have strikers who score. And that's the difference at the end. When we did it last time, Bobby Zamora, what a finish. We weren't even in the game. (laughs) We weren't even in the game. And Bobby Zamora, out of nowhere, right? Fantastic tackle by Junior Hoylet. They had a throw in. They were sloppy. They almost thought we we're going to beat you, Derby. And boop, bang, bang, whoop, cross, bang. <laughs> End the story. All over. And that's what, that's the difference. You know, that is the difference. So what can I say? I've only just started. I've got some strikers. I even, I've only picked two of them. I put Silla on on Saturday. I, you know, i got to get him moving. You know, he scored a great goal the other week away at um, Knott's Forest. So it's, you know, all I can say is, Rome wasn't built in a day and it, to actually get people to move together is not an easy feat but it's one that I know some methods that I believe they will enjoy doing and they will get very very quickly what I was going to say to you was um, without breaking it down which is my normal job to press mm-hmm. a different one but um, when you when you came to QPR um, we talked about it earlier on the um, the there's this friend against Celtic was it we didn't have any players and you took it from there to a playoff final to promotion at Hillsborough so when without going into too much detail when you left the club how did you feel at that point after everything that you achieved at QPR was it was it a bad taste oh, I was so angry my team were angry I was angry I just felt betrayed really not by the supporters but with certain people who were had it in for me right from when I got us promoted again. I think with the changeover, um, I didn't stand a chance. They wanted to bring their own man in there. There was rumours that he was in the terminal building and my players used to laugh and joke about it, you know, and they used to absolutely hammer Gianni about it. And then, you know, we won seven in a row because my players wanted to fight for me, you know. And, and at the end of the day, we had a period of feeling we were a big club that, not famous anymore and really that's exactly how it was we were the first team to actually be run in a way that we couldn't afford you know and it had a change Jerry knew it luckily 
I was here and I took all of that and we built and we built and we built and I put them back where they were, one place different. Jerry got them 10th, I got us 11th on 2.8 million instead of 5.6. And the biggest laugh is people think, you know, oh, I remember a wonderful a wonderful talk that Ian did and he, he mentioned a cup of coffee and a taxi and, you know, that, that is, you're talking serious business there of re-motivating people and having no staff and having to get rid of a load of lads and tell them, your five-year deal is only worth 25%. That's all we can afford. Mm. And if you don't do that, the club will go bust. And we would have gone out of business. And that's why that change at the end of that season, when Kenny Jackett left, he only left because I couldn't get him a new deal. And he said, Ollie. So I went and asked. I said, look, whatever happens here, fantastic fella, came when we were in the mire and he deserves a new contract. Can you? Oh, sorry, we can't. So he said, Ollie, I'm going to have to go. I've got a job in Swansea and I'm going to have to go now. There was only six games left, mm. right? But even then, we lost away at Plymouth. I got tons of abuse from one fella on my phone and I used that to get the boys to win the next two games and we still got automatic promotion, beating Bristol City by one point. So... You know, what more do we want? You know, what more can we think about and talk about? And it's the history. You can't, you can't ever take that away from someone. It's etched in you. You know, and I, I... I have to make sure that these lads understand where they are now. Well, do you know what I mean? That's... And who you're playing for. And do you know what? What's so pleasing for me is they do. Right? They really do. And that's absolutely the work that's happened at this football club to make sure those lads on that training ground are giving me what they're giving me is absolutely fantastic. And for that, I have to give Les credit, Jimmy credit, the whole staff credit. And I want to try and thank them for that and embrace the opportunity. So, wow, what an opportunity I've got to try and get us to do better. We won't, we won't. Spend like we've spent here before because that'll put the whole thing in danger. Why should we anyway? Why should we get someone who's already thrown lots of money at it to actually buy us some happiness? We should be part of that. We should. We should come here every week, put up with it, help these young lads, hopefully from in the area, to get in the team and be proud. And then if we got to sell them because they grow quicker than us, then great. But if we're lucky enough to get enough of them to help us get there, wow, wow what a way to do it. And I don't want to just get there, I want to stay there. So I've got one more achievement to do in my life. I've got two teams there. I nearly kept the first one there. After eight games in this, of the second one, I was got rid of. I didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't want me to be there. So there you go. And I never felt the same after that. That's my problem. I'm not asking for much. I just want to get the Premier League beat Chelsea every time and win the FA Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In that order? (laughs) Whatever way you feel necessary. What about the Champions League? You don't want that? Uh, uh, too, too commercial for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you're saying, you're not going to pay for the flights to go and watch us. That's what it is. <laughs> that that team from ten years ago. The the thing as you're talking that sticks out at me is the 
you talk about the players understood where they were. There was almost a, a, a QPR core running through it with Mark Bircham and, Ga- and Kevin Gallen and Lee Cook around that period. And even, you know, a, a few local players, people that came from the area like Martin Rowland. Yeah. How important do you think that was to that success? And is that something that, that you think could be important for this team now? Well, that, for me, that was vital. We, we brought in people who cared. I think Steve Palmer, we need to mention. I think Chris Day, the goalkeeper, we need to mention when that wonderful save when first stuck that goal in, you know, to get us to, to win. And we still didn't do it, you know. But it was all about people, you know. And that's what, unfortunately, football footballers these days forget that. It's about the person you are. Mm. You have to... You have to recruit the right type of person first. End of. And that's what I feel we've done. I feel genuinely about the lads and who they are. And the improvement I believe they can make. Um, And getting some of them young ones in. It's absolutely vital to get, particularly here, someone who you believe in and belongs to you. Do you know what I mean? It really is absolutely vital because you want to see that, don't you? You know, and and I feel that's the way the club was going. That's Les's dream. That's what he wants. He wants to give people an opportunity to come here and play and flourish like he did. And no matter where he went and no matter what he did, you ask him which one he loves the most. Mm. And I could tell you. So, you know, and he's guiding the owners and every owner needs guiding but they need to be guided the right way with honesty with truth and no one gets everything right so we can't get every player right but you know we can get their character right we might not they might not play that well or they might not do what we need them to do we might not be the most expensive here or we've ever had before but you know we have a duty to make sure we bring people in who care about the situation and the club so that's what I did back then you know you mentioned the serious side of what you did back then keeping QPR um, at a respectable place even with half the budget Mm. we had a question from a fan today on Twitter Jim Froling he says do you think the media um, they portray you in a certain way sometimes because you're you're a fun guy come out of nice quotes do you think they do you a disservice sometimes by the way they portray you because people don't see the other side of what you do my players do you know, and they're the ones who see see the real me, and they're the ones who experience the real me. Um, and that's my fault. I courted that, you know, and I courted that at first because I was trying to protect one of my own, Clark Carlisle. You know, I said something to my couple of young lads who need to just look look around. Today, I saw them play yesterday, first time I've seen them, and they were positionally wrong because. They were watching the ball. They didn't look left. They didn't look right. So I said something that's different because they'll never forget that now, you know? So I just said, check for burglars. Look left. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine you're in your mum's house. Look left, look right. But they're never going to forget that. And today they were out there and they were... No, they were moving the ball and they were shouting, burglar, burglar. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, they were doing what's right. And to get someone to do Premier League habits is possible if they weren't Premier League players before. 
And that's what everybody forgets. So now in this instant world of instant coffee, football, pour it in, there it is, where's my team? Do you know what I mean? Where's my team? <laughs> I've spent all of that money, where's my team? Where's the improving of people? You know, and where's them learning? And I'd like to tell all the ones who aren't quite as serious or think I'm not quite as serious, ask the players that I have helped. How they are now, how they think now, where they are now, and we'll see. That's what being in my position is. It's a teacher, yeah? So, and you have to find ways as a teacher to make people listen. And now the people I'm talking to are very different to the people I started talking to 19, nearly 20 years ago. The game has moved on, life has moved on, and it's a multi-billion pound product that we're not even in control of, is there, and it's pure, wonderful viewing. And it's all around the world, and whatever you do is on there. So I accept that, I can't change that, and to be honest, I don't care. All I care about is what I'm trying to produce on that field. And I want it to ring ring of what I believe. And that's all you can do. And have I missed that? Yes, I have. I've been watching everybody else's creation. And now I want to try and create. And I'm in a much better place now with what I've learned from going bad, from going well, right? From what I've learned to actually... Apply that here. That's how I feel. So since you come in, has the has the slate been wiped clean? Because obviously Sandro is now sort of making a couple of appearances from the bench. In terms of the lone players, like you've got Doughty, you've got Furlong, you've got Jet, who's banging in the goals for Gillingham. Is there any chance that they might make a reappearance at some stage? There's every single chance of me looking at every single player and 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 then having a chance to say. Can I work with him? Can I improve him? Is he going to fit in? Is he going to help us get up this table? Yeah, there's every chance. And that's what I was brought in and asked to do. So, absolutely. What's your vision for QPR and what you want to achieve in this, in this job? My long-term vision is to get into the Premier League and stay there. As a manager as a coach and to build a club from top to bottom and I got one that's almost ready and in a great situation to actually do that so wow just just tools to help me now are so different than when I first started do you know what I mean there was three of us at Blackpool I had to get a kid from uh a university who cost me nothing to do the an analytical stuff. <laughs> and then at the end of the first season, he did so well. I said to Carlos, and we got a, oh, no, just get another one. Get another free one. That was a good idea. I went, I don't want to lose this boy. So anyway, it was, it was tough. You should see what we've got. Wow. When I went in at Palace, Dougie took six members of that group. I've just got one of them back who's going to work for us. We've just lost one of our group. He's gone to... Dave, he's gone to Aston Villa. Good luck to him. But I've got Vinny, who's come in. And, wow, what they do for us now is unbelievable. Absolutely unreal. 
Sorry, were you saying so? Are you saying when you were managing Blackpool in the Premier League, yeah, free. you used the free work me, experience me. from the local <laughs> university? Yeah, yeah. Have you been reading the headlines about Blackpool? <laughs> yeah. No, but we were clever, and there's nothing wrong with the Blackpool yeah. owner, in my opinion. He never told me a lie. He never said one thing and then went and did something else, right? And we, he was part of our success then. And you got to be very careful in life, whereas your biggest Strength can also become your biggest weakness. Yeah, my emotion that I give things is also my weakness. You will not see me screaming at referees now. I promise you. Right, because I have seen in the last 18 months, I have been asked to look at things and I haven't seen one, not one, since I've been unbiased, impartial. I haven't seen one situation where I think a referee has deliberately gone against a team and I thought it was all the time (laughs) (laughs) because I shouted at them in the past they don't like us ask her unbelievable you're wasting your time my dad used to tell me you're wasting your time but so I'm not going to waste my energy on that I'm just going to see what happens and if it's bad we'll deal with it and we'll look at what's happened and we won't blame we'll just show we'll educate like I was educated by Mr Francis Sir Jerry. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it. And it, in my opinion, he taught me how to improve. He taught me about things. Now, these lads, that's what they're going to get. So, you know, what more, what more can I offer you apart from... And you never know how long things are going to last, do you? Because, as I said before, everything's instant. And in the championship, it, it's just the worst of the worst all the time. But for me, I, I tried to help Chris Wright, if you remember... I didn't want any of us shouting at him. I didn't think it was fair that he was losing £100,000 a week trying to get us a good team. And when Jerry sat me down in front of him and I asked, I wanted to buy Marlon Harewood, and the figure we got was £600,000 all those years ago, I believed he would be a sellable asset for us. He asked his money man, how much is that painting worth? He said it's... 800,000, Chris, and on, you're not doing it. <laughs> That's what he said. And what sort of, how was he pillared, pillared by, the, by us? How badly was that? How can that be? And his sister, when I left, actually thanked me personally for trying to stick up for her brother. Now, I was only sticking up for what I felt was right, and I actually was brave enough to tell you lot, that ain't right. You mentioned Jerry. Have you spoken to him since coming back to the club? Any I, chance that he'll come back? I've, <laughs> I've talked to him. I've missed him, and he's just had a bereavement in his, his um, in his family. So he's in a bad place at the minute. His wife's lost her mother, and uh, so I've left him a message, and he said he'll get back to me in the next week or so. As for anything else, he's working for. Tony Pulis, who's a great mate of mine, and if I was going to do anything like that, I'd talk to Tony first. So mm. it's a little bit um, premature that, but well, listen, he's always been there for me, and I, I can talk to him at any time if I can hook up with him, you know. But at the moment, it's been very difficult because of the situation. Well, well, on that, in a general sense, Mark Bircham back in the club, and as we're talking, quite a few <coughs> of the you, you talk about having to build your backroom staff after a few of them left, and Kenny Jackets now available. Um, 
There's um, we talk about Jerry Francis, Steve Gallant's now back in the country. Any chance of getting the the band back together? Um, I don't. I, I if you want you you asking me to answer it each. Name you've thrown no, at me there. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm, generally about... It, it coincides with a period where a lot of your backroom staff from that time are around and you're looking to build yeah. your your backroom staff now. How important would that be to bring some of them back into I think, the club? I think what's important is, um, is first assessing what I've actually got. And I've got so many staff. It's fantastic. You know, so... And, and from being at Sky, it's so imperative that you have a structure and you have a line of management to somebody who oversees things and goes bang, 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 and then you're efficient. Too many times in football and the clubs, you get two or three people who are doing three or four jobs each and then they might think they do it well and they've been there a long time, but you're not efficient. You know, whereas Sky, because they have, they're incredibly efficient and incredibly well run. Right down to the fact of a director and a producer. Right? So I'm the producer, Les is the director, and we have to work so closely together. So it would be unfair of me to actually do anything. I went into Blackpool and I inherited the staff. Right? I inherited them. Wow. How well did we work? So they were already there. And I've got to assess whoever I've got here at the moment. So I'm into it. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I'm getting my staff ready to go. I'm trying to love the lads up and here we go and, and hopefully we'll get that same feeling here no matter what the score was Saturday, no matter what was the first. We almost threw that away with only 10 men, you know, but that's how vulnerable we seem to be at the moment. But we got to forget about the score, for, just get to the process and the process. And I might need someone else to help me in that process, but in, in fairness, one of them, Kenny, he's a, a fully-fledged manager. I would be insulting him mm-hmm. unless I was at Man United to say, come and be my assistant. How dare I? You know, it's wrong, isn't it? He is a fully fledged manager. And once you've been bitten in the neck, that's it. You don't want to go back to being an assistant, you know? So let's get that. Let's get that straight. You know, that would be a massive insult if I actually asked Ken, you know, and, and with my blessing, he went on and was a, a very good manager and is a very good manager right now. Just going back to the weekend, can I just ask how the players have, have reacted to to that defeat at Ipswich? By all accounts, it wasn't it wasn't a tra- what you'd expect a three 0 scoreline to be. I mean, it could have gone either way. Um, and how do you deal with it? You, is it like the old throwing teacups or arms around shoulders? Bit of both. No, listen, I'm still finding out about. It's, you're trying to get a mentality. You're trying to get build a group who will come through adversity. And boy, we know about that, don't we? So, you know, at the end of the day. You have to give them something to believe in. Um, and one mistake took away the process that we were doing. In every Football's all about restarts, if you think about it logically. How many goals are scored in open play? How many restarts are there in a throwing four, throwing against? God, we made so many terrible choices. The substitutes went in a totally wrong area if we put the ball where we put it. And made it easy for them. So as a group, the decisions I spoke about, I don't want that to happen again. Right? There were some bad habits of 
why didn't you put it there? Well, hang on, we all got to know why we put it there. If we got four men up, that's where it should go. And then we scrap from them. You don't throw it back here and that four stay up there. And you're, You've actually caused yourself a disadvantage because they just pressed. It didn't hurt their back four. What are we doing? We're behind. So there is things I can actually show them, but I actually put them on expecting to know that with the experience we had. And listen, it's nobody's fault. Things happen that way. And all I can deal with is what I saw after. So that is forgetting the process. If you're a tennis player and you love 40, we start to think about the love 40. We couldn't even hit the next serve. Now we've got to solve that ourselves. It's not a lack of confidence, it's not. That's what someone said today. My boys are very confident in their ability, but they have to be confident in what you're asking them to do with their ability to make it shine. Right? Connor Washington, I believe, can score goals. I really do. Yeah, I don't think he's very good at tracking back because that in his natural game. So if you come from Peterborough and you're trying to earn your stripes here, or your hoops here, I should say, <laughs> then how difficult is it to learn a different thing? That's nobody's fault. Yeah. That's what Jimmy wanted to do because he can play that left. He can do that and cut in on his right foot. He can. But I don't see it that way now. I see me getting the best out of him by playing him in an area where I think he's naturally doing what he naturally knows and I'll play someone else in the other area who knows that a bit better so we haven't got to waste time concentrating on trying to teach him that when he can just go and wear that shirt and go bang. So it's round pegs in round holes, in other words. That's what I'm trying to get. And the overall, when you pick up something, isn't as sweet and as clear as I had at Blackpool. When I went to Blackpool, I had some money left to get things. And I knew what I had and I knew how I wanted to play and I brought the bits that I needed. And I didn't call them in by name. I wrote them down as to what they did for me. And every day I kept saying to them, we're going to do Premier League things and we're going to get the Premier League and my chickens can do it and if you can't do it, I'm going to bring one of them up. And they thought it was funny. But at the end of the day, one of them said, I don't know where to run, Gaffer. I said, Brett, can you run? He said, yeah. I said, well, just run. And wherever you run from, someone will fill that gap. And I said, by the end of it, you'll know exactly when to run and what to do because you're a fantastic player. But don't just stand there and go, what shall I do? <laughs> right? But by the end of it, that's all I'm trying to say. I've got to try and do that. And if we need some tinkering, right, then great. We might have to try and do that. But I'm fully aware that I need to win enough games to get that go in here for us to actually ask for a bit more money. Wow. You've got to be kidding, haven't you? <laughs> Seriously, you know, you can't... It, Mr Abramovich and all of that, you can buy success, I don't think so. It might help, but I don't think so. You can't buy a spirit. You can't buy a feeling. You can't. You might buy someone's best player, but you can't guarantee that that fella's going to play that well. You've got to build it. Right? You have. And that's what I want to do. And that takes time, and I've told them that, and if they don't want to give me that time, what more can I do? All I can do is give you the honesty that I've always gave you and say, tell you what, you want them to spend a bit more money and have a go at them, then don't talk to me about it, because that ain't fair, that ain't right. They've had a right go, a right go, and now I believe they're trying to do it the right way. So I am here for the right reasons. I don't need anything else. I just want to do it. And I want to help the people get back to where I've been before in the way that I did it 
It might be a different way. It might be a new way, but it's our identity that I want our club to be proud of the way we're playing. And at Blackpool, I had my first team playing that way, my reserves playing that way, my youth team playing that way, and it was an absolute joy to watch at times. We didn't win all the time. When we fought with the big boys, we missed out by one point. No one else has ever got relegated on 39 points. Just lucky, lucky Ollie. Or unlucky Ollie. <laughs> but um, going back a wee bit to as days were before, like the Oldham semi-final and stuff, um, do you think there is a different atmosphere at Rangers these days to what it was like then? Because we didn't have anything. We were, we were kind of like, we came in this trendy club that we're kind of going through. Like, it was just fighting so much and fighting so hard for everything. Every bit of ground we had, we fought massively for. Is that what you hope to install now? Don't talk to me about a trendy club. We were. For me, for me <laughs> Lon- lovely. London's trendy. I mean, you're looking pretty good yourself. No, London's you- trendy. <laughs> Our club, for me, it ain't about being trendy. We have some skill and ability, and you've all loved that, but it's about actually playing in a modern way that, that will be exciting because I have to try and get you happy to pay your money, right? We lost at Blackpool. And people were still singing. I'm telling you now, this is the best trip we've ever been on. Because they enjoyed what they were paying to watch. Now, I want to try and do that. And I know I'm in London, and I know a load of them will want to just win. And we've got to find, I've got to find a way to have longevity to win. But it's how. It's how you win, and it's how you lose that it's important. You should be able to win and lose with the same pride in your performance and go away happy of paying your money. Right? Last Saturday, I didn't feel happy because of the end of it. I didn't feel that happy at the end of our other win. You know? So I'm going to try and help us be happy when we leave the ground, whatever. This is a question that has come up on our podcast quite a lot. Does it? come from the fans or does it come from the players or is it a bit of both it's absolutely a bit of both and I'm telling you when you look at who we've bought who we've got what we've paid and I'm going to shock you now when you we bought Connor Washington the price tag alone put pressure on the boy Mm. right you were expecting the finished article He's nowhere near finished. He was only just started. He'd only just started scoring. But he cost us two and a half mil. Now, for me, that's a hell of an investment. And I'm very proud that we've done that. But my job's to help him. Your job's to help him. Your job's not to expect. Do you see what I mean? I remember having an argument, asking someone to come and take me on in my garden because they were having a go at Paul Furlong because he used to play for Chelsea. And he'd missed two chances, right? That's the truth. Because I wanted you to support him. And he was worried. He was scared of getting injured because that's what he was used to. So he was holding himself back in training. And I made him train harder, pull that elastic harder than it is on a Saturday. And he regained some belief in himself. And after that, after my little mate Gary Penrose came up and helped him one day, said, oh, what are you good at, son? He went, oh, missing... So he said, I'm only coming up to help you. So he put a, a post outside the goal post. He said, hit that, cross it, Ollie, crossed it. He hit it, bang on, right in the gap. 
and the other side, can you edit? He went, bang, bang. He said, well, just realign your focus. You're good at missing. So I'd say I'm good at scoring. And he went in. And he had a one in three goal get after that. Sometimes it's just a little drop of genius of someone who's been through things. So, you know, I don't know what you want me to promise you. I can. I'm going to promise you every day I'm going to take that little shiny whistle out of the box and try and polish it. And I'm going to put it back in and I'm going to put it on there. And on the side of it is QPR, right? Because that's what it feels like to me. And I want my players to feel that way. And there's no limit to what I believe we can achieve, right? There is no limit that I actually believe we can achieve. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're asking me when, it's irrelevant. We're going to get there. It's baby steps to get there. So, you know, the, where some of the other ones are at the minute, wow, that's a hell of a thing of catching, isn't it? You know, if you're talking about Newcastle, look at the setup at it, it Brighton and where they're going, wow, well, well done to them. But we ain't that far off, right? What I'm saying is, where's our scouting network? Who is it? Where are we running it? i got loads to feel. It's all about your recruitment. Where are you going? What are we doing? Hang on a minute. And I can't wait to help Les set all of that up. And then... Hopefully, it'll be a conveyor belt of talent and players, and here we go. Ollie, one of the players you've inherited is Mas Longo. Um, got a stat from Clive Whittingham from Lofty Words on Twitter. This season, when um, Mass has played, we've averaged 1.72 points, but only 0.6 when he hasn't played. How good do you think he can become, and, and what are your first impressions of him? Well, my first impression is I brought him off the other day when we were tuning up against 10 men because I wanted to see what else we got. I brought him off because he's so good. That might sound weird. I want to see what we're like without him. And I saw. <laughs> and then I wish I hadn't. <laughs> and then last Saturday, he was sick. He was violently sick. And we couldn't have him in in case everybody else got it. And I felt we missed him. That's no disrespect to who went in. No disrespect at all. But that little fella is so me. Tick, 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 here we go, here we go. Tick, 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 here we go, here we go. But where do you play him? Where do you play him? Do you play him in the same spot as Sharon Cherry? Tick, 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 here we go, here we go. You know, <laughs> hang on a minute. How many of them have we got? Yeah. How can you get all of them in your yeah. team? You know, so what I'm saying is, wow, it's all right, Avenue. They, we we got to fit, they got to work. So, you know, it's really exciting what we've got to work with. And, and he's a, not only that, he's a fantastic lad. Honestly, he is a fantastic lad. I saw a load of him at Swindon when I was living in Bristol and seeing that. And, and, and Ben Gladwin as well, by the way. He got some unbelievable ability on his feet. you just got to get him to believe that he can do it here. And I had that myself, you know. If it weren't for Ray Wilkins, mm. I don't, I'm not so sure I'd have actually come through certain things. He kept shouting at me, you're better than you think. Come on, you're better than you think. Come on, you can do it, you can do it. Come on, you know, and because... And, the, the arena sometimes is, is not a kind place, you know? And we lost a few games. We lost to Swindon twice that season where oh, and I was fuming. But we got there in the end almost, almost. Jerry still played in a better team than I did, so he keeps <laughs> reminding me every time, well, you didn't finish top, joint top, did you? You know what I mean? Sorry, but Joe. Take us back to um, the, the, the famous 4-1 win against, old, uh, against Man United at Old Trafford. Um, yeah. Now the team. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I, I spoke to this about you a few years ago. Um, but the, the, the team talk from Jerry. Uh, I missed it. Yeah. yeah, you were in the loo, weren't you? Yeah. So it's an intimidating place, 
And toilet. when the toilet, no, <laughs> it was after. Yeah. Depends who's in there, I suppose. I said I'd, I'd leave it ten minutes if I was you. <laughs> no, it was. It's uh, <laughs> the first time I've actually been picked to play in a team at Old Trafford, and I got there and, and I knew what I was playing. So, and my nerves sometimes can get the better of me, and and I might need to go quite a lot. The lads used to joke and call me a seagull. <laughs> Eat a bit and uh, do a bit, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, is that going to go through you? Yeah, go, go through me like a Porsche, lads. But <laughs> He was trying to do his team talk, and I said, oh, mate, I can hear you, Jill, but I've got to stay in here. So anyway, we, we, we were 2 nil up before he even touched the ball. Oh, and when we were getting the ball out of the net for the second time, I said, lads, come on! <laughs> Keep it away from me and we might win this! <laughs> but it was, uh, wow, Dennis Bailey that night, every single thing. Steve Bruce probably had the worst game I've ever seen him have because he normally could mark Les out of the game. Les was so quick, Steve always got in his way, and Dennis was on the night unbelievable, you know? So... What, what, why is it sorry, Dave, what, why is it you always underplay your role in that QPR side that did so well you always kind of say well I was surrounded by much better players and they were better than me and that because you weren't so bad yourself no no you take, I was part of something that you need of an, an ingredient that you need to actually be something that squad Jerry knew I he didn't even promise me he'd play me I just want you to rub off on this lot I know how you train I know how you are. I want your enthusiasm. I want you to believe that, you know, I was caught. My f- favourite thing ever was Bristol Rovers labelled me in one of their fanzines as a, a epitome of a workaholic fighting cock. <laughs> now, Jesus. Now, what I'm saying to you, you should never do that with animals, but <laughs> as an analogy, my dad told me that never, ever give up. If you run out, Never, ever show your beat. Never, ever. You just keep going. And if you do lose, you've run out of time. That's why I was so hurt on the weekend. I want them to get off before we lost even worse. And I don't want them to feel that way again so I can help them. Do you know what I mean? But that's that was what was... Pr- and when you're of that mindset, you can be honest. He told me to assess my skills and my skill set and use them to the max. And if you don't make it, son, let it be through lack of ability rather than lack of effort. But you will have a place in a team somewhere, in, in, a, in a really good place in a team somewhere, if you show those qualities that I know you have. But you scored a goal against Man United. If, if the referee hadn't played till Sunday, possibly could have kept us up. That's what... Newcastle? Comes, no, Man U, when um, Cantona scored. I didn't score. I took a tackle on the oh, edge of the box sorry. and Danny Diccio scored. Yeah. I wish I'd scored. No, no, what you're talking about, you're talking about Newcastle away. I played with a broken toe yeah. and I had to have it injected. And there was, there was a clear. crack in the toe and the doctor told me you shouldn't do this. But my manager asked me and he told me he needed me and we lost. I scored and it went quiet at Newcastle and then Peter Pearcey scored too. And the last one was a genius goal. He danced and Les gave it away. I remind him, actually. He gave it away on our goal line. And he just went whoop, whoop, with them feet, bent it in the top corner. And, and to be fair, that was 
But going back to the, the game where Danny Dickey turned into you and we yeah. scored against Man U, <laughs> what, was it, what was the mood like, the dressing room after that game? Because that was ridiculously late, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, Listen. there's no way that that time was genuine. The time wasn't genuine, but we should have still defended the cross. So it's our fault. My old, mm. my old thing, you have until, until the thing is finished. If you ask Andy Murray, how's he winning games now? Until it is done, he don't think about anything else now. He couldn't do that at first because his temperament, right? So it was our fault. The ball came in at the far post. We should have stopped the cross. We should have marked our men and we should have edited that out and we'd have won the game. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you make excuses and you keep making excuses, you're never going to get anywhere. What you have to do is look why you lost and then sort it out, you know? And Birch, I love him the pits, right? But I had a row with him. Oh, we're a better team. I said, Birch. They scored three, we got none. Yeah, but they were the better team all. Oh, we were the better team all, because if, if that... I said, if, 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 if. I love your... <laughs> I love your unbelievably brilliant morale, but as a coach and as a manager like me, you have to be realistic as to what's just happened, how do I correct that to stop it happening again? It's very, very simple, right? And he'll get it, but his infectious enthusiasm is absolutely vital. Okay, and I'm never actually do myself down. I deep down at home are very pleased with what I've managed to achieve as a player on the field when I wasn't picked, even more so, right? Because I never questioned my manager. I always did what he wanted me to do. I would ask him, why am I left out? Oh, you need to do this or he does that for you. And I was ready to go to work. And I went out and trained harder and better than anything. Ollie, um, one of the happiest days of my um, growing up watching QPR was the 3-1 victory away to Sheffield Wednesday when we got promoted. And then the, uh, the parade afterwards. What are your memories from that night? Um, I still remember it vividly. I, I remember that Bristol City's score came over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Danny Wilson used to be their boss and they were trying to get us gone. Dirty trick. It was a disgusting trick. Um, I remember the first goal, Kevin Gallon. I remember telling everybody to calm down. Remember half time when I said, We've done nothing yet. And you can't spend time looking over there and playing. You've got to do the process. We've got to just concentrate on ourselves. Right? And I said, we need the next goal. We got it. Right? Was it Rowley? I think Rowley got that one, didn't he? Or was it Fur? Fur's got the third, I, I haven't think. said nothing after Dickie. No, <laughs> well, all I remember is Tony Roberts, God bless him. Right? As a, as a player. No, God bless him. As a player, when I was here, he was different class as a person, you know? Um, and he was my goalie coach then. And we had 30-odd seconds... Jump and he's jumping around. We're three one up, and I'm Sydney serious, and I'm <laughs> and literally, I was at. I mean, watch was shaking, and he's gone. We done it. We done it. We done it. We done it. <laughs> and I went, Tone, what are you on about? Just have oh, got. He went, Gaffer, we've done it. We've done it. I said, We haven't yet, and he's give me a hug like that. Nearly broke my neck, and the final whistle went, and then I felt like he did, but for some reason I had them. Scoring two in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
Because I and when you for me when you want something so badly, sometimes you want it so much you push it away from you. So I was terrified of doing that. See, I always thought I'll swap trendy for another word. People's Club of West London and Hillsborough proved that that day. That was an yeah. amazing support, wasn't it? I mean, no other club could get the passion that we had at Hillsborough. Yeah, and Cle- Clem, who came down the other day. He remembers I ran straight past him and went and saw my family over there, you know, and I said, oh, why not? For God's sake, mate, you know? Wolf that day, was the yeah. first time. Yeah, it was Wolf Day. Everybody, <laughs> every dog has their day, you know, and it meant that much to me because when I analysed what went wrong and Birch come off down at Plymouth and we were neck and neck, the first goal killed us and then they got a second and they done it. He said he wasn't concussed, right? He was. And I had to do it. But we got one throw-in wrong that day. And their throw-ins, they locked onto every single thing better than us, quicker than us. Every single thing better than us, quicker than us. So I took that into the last two games. I said, you want to... They're champions because they did this. Look. Right? So if we do that, we got not one throw-in did we get wrong. We pressed. We Honestly, fantastic. We got a goal within a minute. Right? Because we started like a house on fire. And that's what you ask your team to do. And for me, my proudest moment was showing my medal that I won in the team talk and I had QPR people there because I wanted them to understand and I wanted our boys to not bottle it and worry too much. And they stuck in the process from the start of the game to the end of the game. So their serve was bang on no matter what the score was. That's what you've got to try and achieve these days. And it's so difficult because of the media coverage, because if everything gets hammered, you're getting sacked in the morning, all the crowds are singing it now. It's so difficult to actually keep people completely focused on what their part is. Which leads me on to the final question, because we we have run out of time, but the question I wanted to ask you to finish on was, you've talked at length about what you're going to require from the players and what system, what structure you want to put in place at the club you're here tonight with a number of fans groups as, as I've mentioned before mm-hmm. what as the, the sort of final question in this podcast what do you need from us what do you need from the fans to make this work and to achieve the things that you have talked about I want you to bring every ounce of why you're a QPR supporter with you every time you come here I want you to remember the fact that we almost had to join cave a cave with someone else and I want you to remember it if we wouldn't have got that Gianni Palladini money from wherever it came from right where would we be now so what you see out there if they're not managing to produce enough to give you what you want don't moan at them I want to hear you sing and shout about how proud you are of them and make them brave enough to go and do it again I want this place to be so anti everybody else bar us that I believe we could shine then with the group of lads we've got. And if we are dropping a bit deep, I want you to still cheer and keep going and not go quiet, right? They need you to believe in them so I can get them further up the pitch rather than trying to protect something so I can get them to concentrate on what, because we've had a few bad times here. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want that. I want that energy to come back. And for me, you have got that. And you need to give that to all your players, whether you actually rate them or not. 
because they belong to us. Whatever they're here, whoever brought them, I don't care. They're my boy and I want to help my boy improve. And if you gave me your son, I would treat him that way with the utmost respect. And I want you to remember that. So if you haven't got what you want, don't bring your belly aching here. Right? Try and shout out for the one you do like, if even if the one you don't like, don't help. Because I want to try and help them, if that makes sense. You helped us in the end. We were in the what is the Premier League and we got to a good place because you were all excited about how it was. We were in a right upspin then, right? So I just want you to love your club like you always have and that'll help me get these lads to do that and shine for you. And I don't care where they've come from. I don't care what they've done. I want to help them learn how to win. Seems like a good place to end for us. Thank you very much for an absolutely fascinating hour. I think apart from anything else, there's definitely a, a, a management book in you because just some of the things that you're, you're coming out, you're, you're talking through are kind of definitely, from my point of view, I've never thought about before. And, and I think as a fan, for sure, the players are, are, are in good hands. So thank you David, very much, one Paul. Thing, yes. One thing, sorry, I'll do this to you. But I want to thank you on behalf of someone who's no longer here to thank you. And what you've done for Daphne Biggs on her passing was amazing. Mm. And so much respect for you that day. And the way Steve Palmer spoke and everything else was thank you so much from her behalf. Keep we are people, mate. Do I need to say more? No. Ian Holloway, Ollie, thank you very, very much. Come on, you ours. UPR, UPR, we've got Rangers are